This is John Carlo Volpe, producer of Green Lantern, the animated series, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's no! entertainment. <laughs> Hero of the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. Hi everyone and welcome to Across the Airwaves DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet could maybe the last place to find podcast reviews on Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, and all of the other imaginative content that I hope DC Comics keeps providing for its fans, including comic books, Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11, and movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. And with me is the most infamous member cover across the Airways Corps, who really has some sad news for us, unfortunately. Michael J. Petty. And Michael, would you like to share with us the sad news? I mean, even announcer man is sad, as you can tell on this one. Unfortunately, in the last two days of time of recording, it's currently January 29th of 2013. A few days ago, it was announced that at the end of their respected seasons, Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice, now dubbed Young Justice Invasion, will be canceled Boo. as the shows have stopped their production um, before 2013 ended because they finished uh, producing their episodes and writing and, you know, doing the animation and all that. Unfortunately, that means that there will be no more. The Young Justice comic series is being canceled next month with its final 25th issue, and I believe the Green Lantern comic book series for the animated series will be canceled before the show uh, dies down as well. Um, I believe we have seven more episodes of each show before it gets canceled, possibly six. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but we don't have very many left. And unfortunately, uh, these shows will be replaced by Beware the Batman and Teen Titans Go in April of 2013. And I do have high hopes for Beware the Batman. That does look good. But Teen Titans Go, unfortunately, will be strictly uh, comedy driven. So I don't really have high hopes for that. Neither does Dan. So, I mean, we're going back to the drawing board on this podcast, folks. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. And it's been such a shock to us that we really haven't had time to figure out what the heck we're going to do next. Um, for those of you who are concerned, Brian Kimmler, Smallville season 11 will still continue to be a part of this podcast. Yes, absolutely. Regardless of whatever happens, we have that great relationship with Brian where he comes in on and talks to us every week. It is just outstanding, and I definitely um, don't want to break that connection. With that being said, we love Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice. We would like to do everything we humanly can do possible to get these shows back on the air. I don't know if we want to do if we're going to do that, but I sure want to cause a huge ruckus to get Cartoon Network's attention. So if all you listeners could help us do that, that would be great. Our plan is we're going to try to gear up for a live show that we've done with our bigger programs 
like Smallville, Chuck, and Fringe with the finale. We want to do a finale extravaganza live show episode for Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice on the day they air their final episodes. And we're telling you about this now because we want to build up hype for it. We want this to be big. We want this to get Cartoon Network's attention and let them see just how big of a fan base there is for the show. Because I know you guys are out there. Michael's seen all the artwork. I mean, the ruckus that was created when they put the show on hiatus suddenly was amazing. So I'm asking you guys to do that again. Again, please, you know, DC Nation fans, reach out to other sources, reach out to other people you know to be a part of this. Uh, we would really like, you know, to talk with Craig Byrne, maybe him, get him a part of this, because I know his sites at Crypto Sites has done an excellent job of covering these shows. I'd like to try to get maybe in contact with the people who own the site World's Finest. They've done an unbelievable job covering DC animated shows since their infancy. And so I would like to get a hold of them. All these people. Again, Bruce Tim is an animated producer that I've grown up with. I am doing this job because of Bruce Tim. So if I can do something to support the guy that's given me so much and has essentially given birth to my creativity, guess I know it. I've got to do something here. And John Carlo of Volpe, who's the executive producer of Green Lantern, is a guy that was just awesome to talk to. Really, really nice. And that interview was probably one of my biggest highlights of doing this podcast. So we're going to talk with John Carlo. We're going to try to get him back one more time, too. Come to talk with us about the show, the work he put into it. Maybe even we can get him to be a part of the live show. To get us some people. Well, Michael, I think you said something about us maybe talking to the writer of the episode we talked about two weeks ago, Blue Hope, right? Yeah, um, Jeremy Adams, I believe his name is. Yes, I I uh, contacted him recently to see if he would possibly like to be on our show. And I haven't heard back from him or John Car- Carlo yet, but that doesn't mean anything. They're probably still wrapping up Blue Sentence. And just so you guys know, if you would like them to be a part of the show, um, you know, send them a tweet too. Say, okay, check out the guys on Across the Airways or hey, be on Across the Airways. We'd love to, to have you guys a part of things and stuff like that. Could also, I'm going to throw this out there too. Could have you other DC Nation podcasts out there. Um, I know there's a huge fan base or fan base of Fanterns, they call them, for Green Lantern, the animated series. If any of you guys want to team up with us or do a program with us or whatever, I'm open to that as well. Our goal here is not to boost our podcast success. It's more of paying tribute to these guys who's done great work. So And to raise awareness for these great shows. Right. We're not we're not here to hog all the glory. We want to work with you and we'll give you as equal as credit as possible. I just think that we all need to use this as an opportunity to get our names out there, to get the names of these big shows out there. Because they're great. They're beautifully done and guys we'll talk about the Green Lantern animated series episode. Wow. After seeing this yeah. episode, we've got to do something to pay tribute to these guys for just the great animation work they've done with the show. Um, and really, we want solid endings to both these series, not just cliffhanger endings where they thought they were getting another season. We need to know how it ends. Yes, and I hope Cartoon Network gave them that opportunity. Um, I, I hope so, too. Because I, I, I was under the understanding that Young Justice only had 24 episodes. 
And now they have 26. They have 20 so. for this season. Okay. 20 for this season. And Green Lantern, I think, has like 23 or 4 okay. or something like that. So I certainly hope so. 26, sorry. Yeah. I certainly hope so. And it's unfortunate for Green Lantern, the animated series, because I think it was working towards those big, huge stories that we love from the comic books being brought to life in animation. Especially with this episode. With that thought in mind, I would consider that maybe doing a series of animated movies with the characters of the show. That would be awesome. Or continuing in a comic that's maybe larger fan base based. Or introducing them to the comics. Yeah, or just introducing the characters to the comics in general. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, Razor might be a trick, but I, I think you could do. Well, and, I, and not just Green Lantern to Young Justice as well, because right. this show has had a huge fan base. It's been on since 2010, for goodness sakes. Well, yeah. We reviewed it when it first came out. There were some concepts like uh, Kelder, Aqualad, that was brought into the comic books and a few other things. Because of his success, yeah. Artemis too. Right. Um, and so. it's a shame. It's a shame that this is happening. But I really believe that if we raise enough awareness, maybe they'll get picked up by somebody else. There's a whole different thing going on here, but these shows are quality animation and they're a dying breed, unfortunately, as they're getting replaced by ridiculous crap like normal show. Regular show. Regular show, normal show. See, I don't care about it that much. I don't know the name about it. It's horribly animated. It's awful. Um, you know, I we have no idea. Right. I mean, when I was a kid, people used to tell me, well, I guess when my brother and sister were younger, people used to tell them they were stupid for watching SpongeBob. SpongeBob is like an Emmy award winning series compared to some of the stuff that Cartoon Network's showing. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That it's that really is. It's extremely true. The only quality animation you get on Cartoon Network besides DC Nation is Thundercats, Scooby Doo, Mystery Incorporated, and Star Wars Clone Wars. But th- Thundercats like are Wars over. Wars, but I Thundercat, Thundercats is, is over. Because Star Wars got canceled. And, yep, Star Wars got canceled. So only the only thing but we don't know that. that yeah, but Disney will probably have a trick up their sleeve regarding Clone Wars or something. But no one wants Clone Wars to continue. <laughs> right. Well, Nico does. Nico does. It is quality animation and quality storytelling, but it is so not working in the Star Wars universe. No. But anyway. Go slash Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. That is an awesome show. We might just talk about that on DC Nation instead of Teen Titans Go. We'll see. We really could, actually. I'd have no problem with that. Scooby Doo was published as a DC comic. It still is published as a DC comic. There you go. Might just, as well. Just throwing that out If there. you guys want us to talk about Scooby-Doo Incorporated, let us know, because we'll gladly do it. Tell us, yes. So with that, we're going to move on to talking about the Green Lantern, the animated series episode, entitled Loss. Okay, we suffered a big loss <laughs> in this episode, and it was outstanding. Wow. We've suffered a lot of losses this week, haven't we? This is a mm-hmm. fake title. Yeah, it's a fake. I think that might be the DC Nation episode. Loss. Loss. What we've lost. Yes. So let's take it away with the summary. 
The science director tries to negotiate a peace treaty with Zillisox of the Red Lantern Corps, while Hal and his crew deal with a Manhunter army coming through the Maelstrom and heading towards Yisimot. Just so everyone knows, I wrote this before I knew the shows were canceled. Just so. We may have to make amendments to some of the points I'm going to make here along the way. So I hope you can help me do that, Michael, all right? Absolutely. All right. Well, this episode of Green Lantern, the animated series, certainly took the kid gloves off as it dumped on us a whole truckload of GL comic book mythology. Got some heavy-duty tragic drama. But we'll get to that drama in a second because there's a certain scene that I need to emotionally build myself up to in talking about because it was that shocking. As for what got me excited while watching this episode was us getting glimpses of newly created villains who have a huge presence in the comics, such as Krona, and the most annoying of all the little blue smurfs, Scar. Yes, Michael, you might be skeptical about this one, but according to the description of my Comcast cable box, the Guardian Science Director, who I want to be gagged with duct taped, especially when she started talking smack about Aya, is supposed to be Scar. So with us seeing... Be prepared! Yes. So with us seeing villains, not the evil lion from The Lion King, or soon-to-be villains in the case of Scar, the Guardian, another theory I will get to in a minute, do you think this is more of an indicator that pieces are being put into place for us to, I guess, not see now the animated versions of Blackest Night and War of the Green Lanterns? I guess if we're looking at this from well, the standpoint, let's, it's let's not going to be Let's not count it out, though. Let, let's not count it out, though, because I think if we look at it in the, I guess, in the uh, eyesight of we're not thinking it's going to be canceled, because it's always possible that Bruce Tim will do an animated movie for DC. Yeah. It's always possible for that to happen. But I don't know. So, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, if that's the case, we could possibly see an animated movie version of Blackest Night or War of the Green Lanterns. I personally think it's heading more towards War of the Green Lanterns. Well, that's a smaller story. Well, smaller and bigger in the same aspect. Blackest Night spanned ap- across the entire DC universe, yeah. as in the characters in the DC universe, the big ones, Superman, Batman, all of them. Whereas War of the Green Lantern spreads across the whole universe in terms of not as well-known characters. Well, it's more... And characters we'd see on this show. Yeah, it's more centered in the Green Lantern universe rather than the entire DC universe. Exactly. However, War of the Green Lantern is probably more dangerous. Yeah. So, that's how I I don't know if we'll see it with these characters. I don't know if we'll see it with this rendition or the CGI or... Characters like Aya and Razor. We may or may not. I mean, I, I personally it's don't possible. know. It's it's always possible. And if not, I mean, who knows? Maybe we can get them to do a comic series to continue it. Well, if we can create a big enough ruckus, that's that's where we can get these things. Right. Because I really feel like if they weren't canceled, that they were setting up for it. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. Okay. I think that's what season two would have been. Or it would have been another step towards it. Because we did talk about yeah, Sinestro Corps War. That's true. It could have been Sinestro Corps War and then War of the Green Lanterns. Actually, that's probably more likely. Or or the first half of Sinestro Corps War. 
And then it's that. Like, this season, it was first half Rage of the Red Lanterns and then Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. And that's such a shame because of, like, Ron Perlman's Sinestro last week was great. Oh. It's sad we're not going to get to maybe see more of that. I know. It sucks so bad. I mean, oh. I think we have maybe, like, one or two episodes left in the tank with him, possibly. But I don't think we're going to see full-on yellow ring-wielding Sinestro. Unless that's what we see at the end of the season, like the end of the Green Lantern movie. They're going to do it to us twice? That would be hilarious. How funny would that be? I might actually laugh. I might actually laugh at that. I'll be honest. I don't know if I could take that seriously. And your brother's in the bathroom while the ending plays. Again. Exactly. Again. Funny sidebar, guys. Michael and I went to go see Green Lantern with uh, Michael's brother, who has a tendency to ask a lot of questions because he's not Stupid as knowledgeable. Stupid questions, Dan. <laughs> yes. He's not as knowledgeable about the DC Universe. But he knows about Sinestro, and he's a fan of Sinestro, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, Sinestro Corp was one of his favorites. So anyway, at the end of the movie, he had to go to the bathroom. Come on, like, you got to stay. There's probably going to be a credit scene. It's like, ah, oh, no, it wasn't that great of a movie. I'll go. I'm going to go to the bathroom. So then he walks out of the theater. Okay, right when that happens, so that's pops up on the screen. Going all like evil yellow lantern. And then he comes back and we're like, why? Yeah. You missed the best part of the entire movie. Yes. <laughs> he got so mad. I don't think to this day he's seen that scene. And so he had to go home. Eh. He was so ticked. Yes. So warned him. Yeah, he had to go home to try to watch it on this small, crappy, filmed YouTube video. And I don't even think that worked out for him. I think it was taken down before uh, he got to see it. So, long story short, folks, don't leave the theater at the end of a superhero movie. Unless and, you're really angry at it. And don't leave the room unless it's a commercial break during Green Lantern and the animated series. I've made that mistake before. Ooh. Yeah, I had to rewatch it later, but... Well, at least it's easy to rewatch. That's true. It's, you don't have to wait six months for the DVD to come out. Right, right. And kind of going along with this idea of setting up things for the future, well, the future that was, um, I also No, thought... it is. It is. Let's just... Okay. <laughs> I also thought it was clever how John Carlo, from the writers of this show, made Krona the creator of the Anti-Monitor... He sort of was in the comic books, according to Wikipedia, but I thought this was a very simplistic way to bridge the Green Lantern mythology from, I want to say the Silver and Bronze Ages, with Jeff John's modern-day content, while giving us an easier-explained origin to a villain behind the very complicated concept of the multiverse. So, Michael, did you like this backstory? given to the Anti-Monitor, instead of delving into all this business with the creation of Cord, kind of war that the Guardians fought a millennia ago to lead to the creation of the Anti-Monitor? Oh, absolutely. I think I think it worked really well, especially with how in War of the Green Lanterns, it was revealed that Krona was the one who released the Manhunters on um, Sector 666. Right. In the first place. So the fact that the anti-monitor on the show controls the Manhunters 
it makes perfect sense that that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. It fits together more than it does in the comics themselves. Yeah. And great job on cleaning that mess up. Oh yeah. And tying that all together. Cause it was, it's confusing. It really is. A lot of stuff with the anti-monitor is really kind of a mind explosion. Like, really? The New 52 could learn wonders from Green Lantern, the animated series, the DC Animated Universe, and Young Justice. And it really could. Well, yeah, DC Animated yeah. Universe and Green Lantern. Well, and now there's places within the New 52 to set these things up and put them in. And unfortunately, they just won't. Because Jeff Johns already has his plan for what he wants to do with Green Lantern, and the Teen Titans book is a mess as it is. And yeah. they killed Artemis already. Well, and, and I know Jeff Johns has his plans, but really he needs to give some respect to Bruce Tim as well. Yeah, and what else is going on? What it, I mean, the other forms of media that people are used to. Yes, and grew up on. Yeah, might I add? I mean, and will grow up on now. I think Jeff Johns was a slightly before my generation that started with Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. So I think that's why it's not as important to him as it is someone that started watching it when they were six, which was myself. Right. So. Well, and then there's the Justice League show with Jon Stewart as the main Green Lantern. I mean, he's important to a lot of people now because of that show. Right. And and that's the same with this show. Um, I uh, and Razor are going to be important, and I think... And even Hal will be. Yeah, and I think this is also boosted Kilowog's uh, popularity a lot as well. Exactly. Yeah. He's He's been... And because of this show, he's a more relatable and likable character, I think, than instead of this big brute, kind of like you saw in the, movie, in the Green Lantern film, and kind of like in the comics now. Yeah. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, he's he's not totally the same as he was. Um, but again, he's gone through some stuff in the comics. Yeah. So I, I can see where some of the changes have come. But I, know, I like him better on this show than the New 52 version, personally. Yeah. Same with Hal, though. Well, the weird thing about the Green Lantern comic books is I don't feel that was a reset. It wasn't a reset. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. It throws me off. With and that really, so I can't really say, oh... It was restarting, and it's a different version of Kellogg. And really, like I said before, I really think that Young Justice should have been what the New 52 was. And in Young Justice Season 2, how Hal goes into space because he's been called by the Guardians to do something, yeah. that could be exactly where you put the storyline from Green Lantern in the animated series and then just throw people into it. True. I think they really could have done a lot with this if they would have just put their mind to it and really supported it. But unfortunately, they didn't. Well, I mean, think about it. This was an opportunity with the New 52 for them to connect comics, film, and television all into one thing. Yeah. And it would have worked beautifully. But unfortunately, that's what Marvel's doing now, kind of. Well, I think Marvel's kind of missing the boat. On comics. On comics, yes. But TV and um, movies, right? that's and where they're connected. I don't think that their company is in a state where they could line, where they could have lined up comics, movies, and animation. I don't think so either. I think DC well, could I'm not even talking about everything. animation. I'm talking about live-action TV shows. Well, I, or, 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 yeah, just television in general. 
I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, this show really should inspire some writing for Green Lantern comics in the future, at least. Yes. And bring some characters in. Just like Young Justice should, but we'll talk about that more later, obviously. Well, and, and about this excitement with the characters and bringing in characters. I mean, one thing that I think a lot of people got excited about in this episode was um, Ian Razor's relationship. Yes. Which, I mean, we had this kind of dark future put on us, this dark foreboding future with, you know, Black Lanterns and maybe warring green lanterns on the way but this seemed to be a future that was on its way towards blossoming and you know ion razor has been heavily shipped and we got this moment that we all wanted when they almost kind of came together in this epic kiss unfortunately before they could lock lips and everyone went nuts and applauded Cal killed the moment by calling them back to the ship with an emergency and Michael, Cal Jordan is a lot of things, <laughs> but I never thought I'd see the day where he would interrupt a fellow bachelor or bro, if you get that How I Met Your Mother reference, from getting the girl. But there's a first for everything, and in that case, it better be Hal's last, because as soon as Ion Razor failed to complete their kiss, the phrase, I've got a bad feeling about this, was introduced to the Star Wars of DC Comics. Michael, did you feel the same way? About how? No, about something bad happening to Ian Razor after the oh, kiss was yeah. interrupted. I, yeah. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I thought it was going to happen to Razor. Yeah. But I, I, but because of previews I've seen, I should have known it was Aya. And right when they were in that Starfield, I'm like, crap, it's Aya. <laughs> crap, that's happening already. Like but with the hell thing, with the hell thing, it's kind of funny because a lot of the fan turns with their fan art, they call Hal Papa Hal oh, and geez. have Aya as his surrogate daughter. So That's the fact hilarious. that he did that on the show is in conjunction with the fan turns. It's awesome. That's fun. They might have been doing that because I know they probably did it on purpose. I know John Carlo has been following that, and he really has a good time joking around with the fans with some of that stuff. So that's awesome that he did that. They threw that in. Oh, yeah. That's that's oh, yeah. classic. And a different role for Hal, so yeah. I like that. Awesome. But I was telling myself the whole time, Michael, this is a kid's show. This is a kid's show. Um, and it was not Joss Whedon. That doesn't seem to matter. I know. It didn't seem to matter. <laughs> like, this is not Joss Whedon. I don't need to worry about this. Uh, it's going to be fine. The romance isn't going to go wrong. And really, you know... You I, should know it's Bruce Tim, Dick and Barbara, for goodness sakes. That got weird. Well, yeah. That wasn't tragic. It was weird. But you know what I'm talking about. Now that I think about it, they have none of the relationships on that show have ever worked out. Except or on any Bruce Tim show, except Hawk Curl. Well, it's and been worked Jonster. out in comics. The comics based on the shows, but it never physically got worked out on screen. And unfortunately, comic for Green Lantern, the animated series, it kind of sucks, to be honest. It's really it's really aimed at young, young children. So I can't even watch 
read it and enjoy it like the Young Justice comic. Well, so th- nothing would be worked out there. Well, and they almost did. They had me going for the fact that this wasn't going to happen. As we kind of got that whole comedic series of mishaps where Hal and his crew uh, stopping the Manhunter was wreaking havoc, got the Red Lantern's homeworld, um, but failing to keep Silas Sox from finding out they were back. I mean, that stuff was just goofy. I hate that guy so much. But it was hilarious. I mean, the whole thing of it just... He's Starscream. I know he is. I know he's Starscream, yeah. I was thinking that, too, when I was writing this. And and the whole situation of, you know, Scar being like, oh, well, you can't let them find out about this. This is bad. And then Hal screwing it up was classic Hal Jordan. I mean, it was classic. Because he seems to have this tendency of, like, fixing a problem and then falling right into another one. Yeah. And this was the classic example. So it was fun. Now, I will say... No, go ahead. I said, so it was fun. It was lighthearted. I mean, that whole sync was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. And it, let, it had us let Absolutely. our... It let us let our guard down. So the end of the episode was just so amazing. I don't know if amazing is the right word. Well, I'm okay. More like heartbreaking. From a storytelling, it was amazing. Emotionally, it was heartbreaking. Okay. Do, do you get what I'm saying? I can go with that. Like, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's a bittersweet thing. Where, in terms of writing, it, it was spectacular. I mean, it, it's hard to write that stuff that well. So that was, I guess, uh, an amazing success. But at the same time, it was very emotionally hard to watch as a uh, fan turn. But now, now let me say, wait, when, I, when I saw Shard, when I saw Shard connect to Yisimol, that was awesome. Yeah. Because I legitimately thought that Shard was the ultimate Red Lightning base. And in the comics, Shard doesn't exist. Right. So the concept of Shard, which is awesome to me from the get-go, but this was just really cool. Yes. Also, I've got to throw it in there as the Kilowog fan. It was hilarious when he whacked Zox over the head with a mallet. Yes. That yes. was coming for so long. Just outstanding. And I loved it yes. also by that feed paid off by someone finally shutting that obnoxious beach ball up by gagging his mouth. That was priceless. And <laughs> Scar telling him to put it back on. Yes. And on that note, I've got to say, there are only a few things money can buy, but for everything else, there's duct tape. <laughs> for everyone else, there's duct everyone tape. Else. Especially still his socks. Especially the Star Screams of the universe. There, there yes. should be, there really should be a Star Screams fan club, where it's just all those annoying henchmen that we hate so much. <laughs> like he could be in it. Baroness from GI Joe could be in it. Um, annoying henchman Star- anonymous. Obviously, it's kind of like Wreck-It exactly. Ralph. You know how they have the the video game yes. villain. Just, yes. It's all annoying villains. I love it. 
So it's like Starscream, the obnoxious this cat from his fucking gadget. This needs to be made. Oh, jeez. Oh, Squad that could be just a great DC Nation Power short Rangers. right there. Squad and Babu yes. for Power Rangers. Oh, God. Yeah. Also the pig guy from Power Rangers, the movie. Yes. Where did that guy come from? That's the most random. I don't know. Why did they? It I, was because does... it was American made and they probably couldn't get the costume or something. Codells, oh. whatever. So they made a talking mutant pig, like a Ninja Turtle, except he's a pig. But going back to Green Lantern, you did enjoy the comic relief of this episode? You thought it fit in well? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, moving it forward. It lights the movie. Yes. It did. Again, I think we needed some after that, but I guess that's what the shorts were for. There was no time. Yeah. Anyway, Would moving it. forward. Kyle and his crew going into space to stop the Manhunters, cutting towards the Red Lantern's homeworld. Because where this episode began to get nuts... Because we ended up with another showdown against the Anti-Monitor, featuring all sorts of awesome ring-slinging maneuvers, supported by some incredible camera work, including Kilowog sawing through a Manhunter, Razor transforming his arms, and the giant claws to rip yes. the Manhunters apart. That was my favorite. That That's was awesome. action figures right there. And then Aya swooping in to save Razor when he found himself cornered. All awesome maneuvers. All awesome action-packed things. And yes, should sell action figures. So, Michael, honestly, I felt everything that went on during this throwdown got me on the edge of my seat and in awe, like I was on some Disney World thrill ride. Is it just me? Or do you think the fight scenes on this show just seem to keep getting better? They do keep getting better. And that's, that's yeah. I can't wait for the finale because I really want to see this fight against the Anti-Monitor because they're going to go full out. A bunch oh, of yeah. lanterns. Well, it's especially if they're going to get canceled. It's going to be like Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I know. Just, I mean, if we thought that that beginning scene of Prisoner Sinestro is like Star Wars, imagine this finale fight scene. Well, this is episode 19 of, of what, a 22-episode season? 26 episodes. 26-episode season. They're not even close yet to the to the mayhem that could throw here, and really the camera was amazing. They they did some um, shots where it was like you were seeing what the characters were seeing as they were fighting. Yeah, or it followed their movements. That was unbelievable, mm-hmm. and um, something that Bruce Timm's other shows weren't able to do, obviously. Because it was 2D animation. But here, he's made the jump beautifully. Yeah. And wow. Can these guys storyboard the fight scenes for movies? Seriously. <laughs> the Green Lantern movie? Oh they gosh. need to do the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. And then just have Iron Razor be in it. Yep. Like, I would be totally down for the Red Lanterns being the bad guys. And this being the film. Like, I really would. Yeah. I know people would be skeptical about it, but if but if Man of Steel does well, which will pave the way for Justice League, and Justice League does well, and they want to do another Green Lantern movie, this is what you should base it off of. And really, you should have Bruce Timm oversee it, along with the rest of the DC Cinematic Universe. My opinion, I'm sticking to it. And, and I'd say skip the origin stuff. For Green Lantern? Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, you, like you could... You could do what they did in Spider-Man 2 and then just tell it in flashbacks in the opening credits. 
Yeah. Just do that. Kind of like it, what they did with the Hulk movie as well. And that's what they need to do for uh, the next Batman reboot, too. I don't want to have the whole movie be about the origin. Do it like Batman 89, where you just saw brief glimpses of it. Yeah. Because you already know what it is, yeah. Right, and I don't think Man of Steel will be a huge origin movie either. I think it will be to an extent, but I don't think that'll be all it is. Like the Superman yeah. the movie. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it'll be structured differently as well. I agree. Now, I think the consensus is the same everywhere. That Green Lantern, the animated series, is capable of absolutely mind-blowing action. But what they did at this episode, I think left Phantoms, including myself, in complete and utter shock. Because Aya shoves Razor out of the way to take the full brunt of a blast from the Anti-Monitor that caused her to die in Razor's arms. Got what was the most horrific, heart-wrenching, spirit-crushing part of the whole thing was Aya letting out that scream when she was hit by the Anti-Monitor's blast. In fact, I can still hear it as clear as day because it had that much of an emotional impact on me. Kind of for witnessing this all alongside Razor, I don't think anyone watching this show is even going to question the emotional stage of grief the guy is going to go through in the next several episodes. Honestly, all I can envision for next week's episode is the scene where Scar is given the scar representing her name by Razor for putting them, as in Howells and his crew, in the situation where Aya ended up getting killed. So, Michael, what do you guys say about this scene? I mean, was the scream as frightening to you as it was to me? Yeah. Oh. Oh. My. Oh, my gosh. And and literally, that's how they ended the episode. Yeah. Almost literally, that's how it ended. And I, I really couldn't believe that that's how they would leave it. I really thought we had at least five more minutes of explanation of what happens after with the guys. But... We didn't, and it just ended, and, I mean, we were left to ponder our thoughts, and really, I did not expect her to full-on die. I mean, I knew her body was going to be destroyed, and I knew she was supposed to get – she's supposed to get a new body before it's over. Right. So, obviously, she's going to come back. She's not dead, but but she is. Yeah. And – about well, I certainly and about that Scar Scar, yeah. I really do think that will happen because of the anti monitor, like in the comics. Okay. I think if you have to do it, you have to at least follow that. I mean, I just was almost just seeing his rage go off. That was just one of the things I envisioned with it. Don't really, it's I'm happen. shocked he didn't turn around and fight. He just was there i don't he think he had anything. time to he had enough time well, to she turn was around dying last like no i mean before yeah. the interceptor came to get him he had enough time to turn around and flip out but he didn't but I, I, so I think, yes i think that's what it was he just he didn't have time to get that thought together yeah because she was in his arms and then they grabbed her away from her yeah. He was still holding her. So, well, her, her helmet. <laughs> yeah, what was left of her. But still. Yeah. That was just... It's just... It's I just can't me. believe they put that scream in there. 
I can't believe they just... aired this on television. Well, no, no, I, I, I think. Well, the that's... way they did it, yeah. The way but they it's did gonna it, with get her half talking. her body dying and then her fading away. I can't believe they did that. Is what I mean, and and the scream, obviously. And and that's why this should be on TV. Yeah, I mean, oh, really. Yeah. Just get Steven Spielberg to finance it. Do a live action version. Just to, and have it on TNT or something. Yeah. with Falling Skies in the summer. Like I'd be perfectly fine with that. I don't. I just let's just go. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I mean, it could be the new Battle Circle. It's, it's like they will not let kids see this stuff. You know, they they won't expose them to it. They want that. The problem is, Dan, and this is really what I think about entertainment or ch- children's entertainment today. And and really, this is my thoughts on it. I really do believe that the higher ups of all these companies do not want the children to think. They just want them to laugh and be entertained and think things are cool so they can sell merchandise. I don't think like back but in I your think day, it's insulting their I intelligence. I think it is, too. But I think that's the point. I don't think they want people to think or to be emotionally invested in anything. And that, and that's, I mean, that's, that's not a thing. That's not something to teach kids. It's not. That's a but really that, wrong lesson. Well, and I'm really, yeah. I'm really shocked that Kurt's network will be having shows like beware of the Batman or mystery incorporated because those shows get kids to think. Yeah. But because they're Batman and Scooby-Doo, they're not going to be thinking about the story. They're going to be thinking of who they're watching and wh- how much action there is in, which is the difference between Green Lantern and Young Justice. On Green Lantern and Young Justice, the characters aren't as apparent. Yeah. And that's that's the issue right there. But, you know. And yes, it is insulting yeah. intelligence. It absolutely is insulting children's intelligence. But that's not going to stop them from doing it if they can make more money but, off and, of a better franchise. But the problem is, if they're exposed to bad stuff as kids, how are they going to know to write better stuff when they get older? They're not. That's what I'm saying. That's that's my concern. Yes, it's selling a great product, but how are you going to keep getting more people to produce that product? You're going to rely on the peop- the older target or the older audience that watches it, like us right. who are older. Who it's not aimed for. Those are the people you're going to rely on for that kind of product. And that's what it's our, it's our job for us as older audience to give younger kids these DVDs of shows we like, like this one, got Batman the Animated Series and Young Justice, got Justice League. So they see this. Well, and even to an extent, my 12 year old sister will watch Fringe with me. That right. show gets people to think. Oh, yeah. And a lot of different ways that are very good for the human brain to do. Yeah. If if we can even get them to watch something like that. Yeah. Toy Story 3 even. Thank my goodness. Right. Like, really, there's a lot of stuff out there, even like this show in Young Justice, that will get kids to think. But they don't want them to. They want them to keep watching right. SpongeBob and regular show and Adventure Time and all these stupid shows that are all about comedy and about being hip and about being cool and selling merchandise. Well, and, and again, you, you're talking – Pixar is a different animal too. Right, absolutely. They, they get that. They get it. They do, and there's the select few. And DC, to an extent, their entertainment division gets it as well, to an extent. But Cartoon Network as an entity. Cartoon Network doesn't. Nickelodeon doesn't. doesn't Disney doesn't. It's just a different animal. Yeah. 
yeah, um, you know, and I mean, I, I'm not going to knock Nickelodeon entirely because they did give something like um, Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Yes, yes, chance. they did. But didn't they show that more on Nicktoons than Nickelodeon itself? I mean, no, I, I know they, what you're no, saying. No, they did. But... They, 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 um, Nickelodeon did a very good job of marketing that. But again, that's when they were competing with Toonami. Right. That was back then. Yeah. But so, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot different than it was. I mean, Legend of Korra is the only thing on there that's worth watching anymore. Yeah. And, I, and the new Ninja Turtles. I haven't checked that out yet, so I, I don't and know. And Power Rangers. Don't want to say, but okay. And but, but, yeah. Lastly, I just want to kind of make a disclaimer on this episode. With me using the words horrific, heart-wrenching, spirit-crushing, can I think horrible to describing Aya's death? Those were just the emotions I felt while watching the scene. But as far as the writing and animation goes, it was done beautifully. And it was just yet another example showing us why Bruce Tim is one of the best animation executive producers of all time, going along with this debate that we're just having. Yes, I know Green Lantern, the animated series, is underrated compared to Young Justice, to Bruce Tim's other shows, but the tragedy experienced here between Razor and Aya really allowed for this show to stand on its two feet in a similar fashion to something like Starcross did for Justice League or Mask of the Phantasm did for Batman the Animated Series. In other words, Bruce Tim's strength is creating shocking moments to get superheroes fans buzzing about his show because that's exactly what the episode lost it here. So Michael, I'm going to throw things to you with your final thoughts on this episode and maybe your theories on how you think Aya may be brought back to life. I was thinking it either has something to do with her being a descendant to the Manhunters, or maybe it has something to do with the term White Lantern. But with the show not being on for much longer, I don't know if that's a possibility. I think White Lantern is definitely possible. I mean, we do have six, seven episodes left. Yeah. I think it's definitely possible for it to happen. Will it? I don't know, because we still have to do the Orange Lantern plotline that's coming. We still have to do... um. I believe there's a Yellow Lantern plotline possibly coming. I've heard rumors and possibly Indigo showing an appearance. I don't know. I, I really don't. I would say White Lantern would be the way I would do it and use that to bring her back. But really, it could be just as simple as Anti-Monitor really sending her consciousness yeah. to another universe like he did with Hal at the beginning of this half of the season. Right. So really, it could be as simple as that, and they just find a way to get her back. Okay. Or she still somehow exists in the Interceptor, or the Interceptor picks her up. I don't know. But okay. I'm I'm anxious about it, and I, I need to know how this happens. But I think it's going to be a few episodes until we see her. I I wouldn't say more than three. Uh, I would say probably okay. two. Or you might just I, get hints that she's still alive in the three. Yeah. Well, it's it's entirely possible that they don't bring her back until the finale. I hope that's not the case, but... I do think they need to tell some stories about Razor dealing with the grief of it, get him being tempted. And really, I think we should... I think we need a few more Hal-centric stories, too. Oh, yeah. Because he is the title character. Well, and maybe it's an episode where Cal helps Razor deal with the situation. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That would work for me. All right, so with that, we're going to move on to talking about the shorts. Now, it's a brand new superhero short on DC Nation. Right, the first one we had was Batman of Shanghai, Batman. 
It was awesome. Yes, that transformation into Batman. Oh my god! It was awesome. This is the show that should be replacing uh, Green Lantern Young Justice if they have to leave. If they have to, I could see this DC as a show. Short. Could you? Yeah. Or yeah, or, or a DC animated film. Oh yeah. A film? Oh. The animation. Oh my gosh. The nunchucks. Laser oh. nunchucks he fights Bane with. Wow. And those like red eyes that like f- yeah. that leave a trail of red as he's moving. Oh my gosh. And turning into the, all the bats. Oh. And beating both Bane and Catwoman. My god. They were gosh. fighting each other all three at the same time. Why couldn't there be a third or a fourth or a fifth part to the short? Because this thing is just awesome. I want to see Batman and Shanghai Joker. Oh. Yes. Throwing that out there. I mean, Bane and Catwoman worked really well for this, and I really liked how they did it, but Joker would be amazing. Penguin would even be cool. Firefly actually could work. Yeah. For for being Shanghai. Yeah. That could be really cool. Scarecrow would be really cool too, actually. But yeah, I want to see more of this. I don't I don't know if they'll do that, but I hope they whoever did this short, I hope they continue to do more like this at least. Yeah. Or even like they like a flash one like this would be cool. Don't oh, you yeah. think? Like Flash of Shanghai? Like that could be really cool with the rogues. Oh yeah. Like that could be nuts. Like Mirror Master? Mm-hmm. They could or do even like, Aquaman would be cool. They could do something like that scene with Enter the I think it's in Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee movie, with the mirrors. And do Never that with seen. Mirror Master. Oh man. Just telling you it would be awesome. That would be cool. Just I'm um, just throwing that out there. If you haven't seen it, it would be awesome. So I'm, I yeah, I was just excited about this. Quite I mean, sure. really, this does get me pumped for Beware the Batman because I think it's. I've heard similar things about it. Yeah. And uh, yes, I'm sad to see Green Lantern and Justice go. I'm, I'm so sad. It's not even. I can't even express it. But if there's any replacement, I've heard Beware the Batman is going to be a good one. And if you haven't seen the Batman of Shanghai shorts. Go watch all three of them, because I was just talking about it doesn't do it justice at all. No, it it really doesn't. You you kind of just have to see it and enjoy it. Yeah. So, so I mean, with yeah. that, we're gonna move on to the next DC Nation shorts. There were two of them played back to back, featuring the DC Nation's Farm League. Again, the short was the Boiled Wonder. Got them when the league's away, and this kind of reminded me of that Ren and Stimpy. I think the guy's name is Bob Camp. Animation that he did. For his show, which is kind of really ridiculous and over the top and loony, and this was kind of these both these shorts were kind of loony. Why couldn't we just have thunder and lightning? I know I, I wasn't really invested in this. I, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. I mean, all the Justice League heroes and the Legion of Doom villains and all that—they're just animals. Yeah, and that was the joke. I mean, it was it was funny to watch. It really was, but you can't really talk about it. No. It's like Baby Superman or, or world's funniest. World's fu- well, world's stupidest, really. But yeah. yes, I love Ardman, but that was just—it was kind of they terrible. They kind of missed the boat. They missed the boat. Yeah, and this one missed the boat a little bit. Uh, I yeah, think that if they want to do loony animation with superheroes, I think Mad does a better job. Yeah, just have some of the Mad shorts be the DC Nation shorts, really. Because I Cause didn't didn't they do that once or twice? Yeah, the the Mad Family Feud and Shazamwich. Get Shazamwich. 
Shazam Witch. And I want to see that one. Again. What what Super Friends are for? That song yeah. they sang. Yes, that was great too. So yeah, just do some of the mad stuff again and put that on if if you have to. Yeah. Replace this. I mean, really. But I think we're going to see Thunder and Lightning next week, and maybe yeah. Amethyst is going to come back. But what more can disturbed. you do with Amethyst? Well, it's only level three, and I think there's like four or five levels. I don't know. Are you sure? Yes. Four or five <laughs> yeah. more levels of stalkers. Unfortunately, I'm sure. Uh, that was last week's episode. No, we're getting Vibe and Amethyst level four next week. Vibe will be interesting. Is that a re-thread of... Oh, no, 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 no. Not next week. Not next week. The week after next week. Next yeah. week is... Uh, Thunder and Lightning, and Super Best Friends Forever. All right. Good stuff. I missed that short. That short's fun. Super Best Friends And then Forever. Vibe and Amethyst the week after that. So the that'll be good. Perky that, we, got, we got good lineups for the next few weeks. Yes. All right. So with that, we're going to talk about the next in DC Nations lineup with the Young Justice Invasion episode, The Fix. Black Manta seeks vengeance against Miss Martian, and I'm glad it's not me because he's scary. I thought you would enjoy that little addition I'd added to the summary there. Very much so. Thank you. But this episode of Young Justice put Miss Martian in a position that Michael would consider to be his worst nightmare. The primary target of Black Manta's desire for revenge. On that note, as interesting as it was, to see this story from Artemis's perspective under the guise of Tigress, because we really haven't seen an episode where she's been the focus in almost a year. I felt we ended up with a story that had a lot of talking again, got less of keeping us on the edge of our seats compared to the first half of this invasion story arc. Don't get me wrong, this episode did have its action and an opportunity to make the story become really insane when Simon found out Aqualad and Artemis were working as double agents. But he was knocked out before Black Manta figured out what was going on. So I guess the excitement from that revelation will be postponed to a later date, but it didn't help my feeling that this episode needed an extra push to be classified as good. So Michael, do you think this episode was missing the oomph we normally expect from an episode of Young Justice? I Yeah, I... I... Like you say later in the script, I, I don't think it lived up to its full potential. I think it could have been a lot better. I did really like the Tula stuff in Calder's mind. Yeah. That was really well done, and really that did keep me on the edge of my seat because I thought we were going to get some sort of flashback through that yeah. of how she died. Unfortunately, we didn't, but I, right. I think that will be coming. And I really like that we got to see Artemis in her Artemis suit and Calder in his Aqualad suit again because yes. I've been missing that all season, really. It's been a long time, and so that was a great decision, great animation design decision. Yeah, um, and I think so, it made it hit, so that worked really well. But I think it made the scene hit home a little more, too, on the unity and the the friendship that kind of got Kelder out of his funk. I agree. Yes. So that was good. I agree. But again, yes, you are right. That's another thing I missed that they missed the boat on was the scene with uh, was the scene kind of explaining Tula's death a little more. Um, I I am worried powerful. though. I am worried, though, that Simon's going to wake up before Calder is completed. That was scary when he, like, figured out what's going on. 
because started like yeah. throwing Artemis around the room. Like that was really See, that's freaky one of the, and intense. That's one of the things that saved the episode for me. I mean, there were a few things that did, but that was one of them. Like, I mean, I just thought he was doing something really horrible to her. I mean, it was... Woo. Yeah. Talk about Creeper. So, I mean... Yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, I, I'm afraid he's going to pop back up before Miss Martian is finished with Calder's mind. And I'm really scared about that, because if that's, a, if that's the... If that's what's happening, and he enters Calder's mind with Calder and Miss Martian, I don't think the two of them are going to be enough. Well, I think Miss Martian needs to overcome Simon. They need to fight again. So I think that's setting that up. I can deal with that um, if she wins. I but I, I like that that inhibitor collar that they have on her. I think she can get out of that. I just think she's like doubting herself right now because of what happened. Oh yeah. So I think it's a mental thing that makes her think that she's trapped inside of that or powerless. I think she can get right out of it. It's just she's underestimating herself right now because of what happened. Well, and think about this, too. If the inhibitor collar really takes away all of her powers except for telepathy, she should have turned back into a white Martian. Right. And not only that, but her Martian physiology is what gives her her powers. They're not powers to her. Right. So the inhibitor collar really shouldn't work if you're powers are organic like that. Now, for Superboy, it would because he's half-human. Right. But for her, it wouldn't because she's full Martian. Exactly. So I agree completely with that assessment, Dan. Okay. Well, about this episode not living up to its full potential, I think it came from one or two things. First of all, and this is entirely not Young Justice's fault, no matter what they would have shown on this week's episode... There was no way it was going to live up to the intensity of I.S. death scene on Green Lantern. Unless it was another death scene. Right. Like, if they had the Tula scene, like you mentioned. Yeah. That would have done it. Right. And really, this one is kind of on Cartoon Network because the delay and the release of Young Justice episodes. And I'm not talking about the the hiatus till January that we had in September. I'm talking about the one before that. Where you mean season invasion in season one? And invasion were like a week apart from each other. Yeah. That one. Which was fine. I was fine with that. Right. Because we got more right immediately. But I think the delay in the release of Young Justice episodes kept the story arc for Green Lantern in a way more intense place than it is with Gen- Young Justice. Because it's headed towards what I thought was going to be the season finale. I might be wrong at the on the episode numbers. Um, but Young Justice is only at 13 out of 24 episodes. Out of 20 episodes. But it's 20 now, okay. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong, but I just felt that because the shows are in different places with their numbers, or their episode numbering is different, they're not lining up as well as they were. Mm-hmm. Because you remember when the DC Nation first started, we felt like they fit, that some of the episodes fed into each other. Yeah, and I mean and we even talked about that. We asked John Carlo about it when we interviewed him about Green Lantern and we were saying that we were well, we asked him if it was a coincidence if a lot of the themes from episodes Young Justice and Green Lantern crossed over and he said it was a coincidence because they didn't really have anything to do with each right. other um story wise and production wise. 
but so it, that, is, it that was really interesting. Naturally happened, but yeah. it just seems that like that's missing, or or it just wasn't. Just I guess these were two vastly different episodes. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes you can't control it. But with something like Arrow and Supernatural, kind of CW on Wednesday nights, um, they both have you know the season premiere at the same time. Because the season finale, the series finales, or the you know could be the season finale or the mid-season finale at the same time. So they can't. So you expect two high octane episodes back to back. We're here because they're not lined up. Sometimes one episode is going to be more intense than the other. However, now the episodes are lined up. Right. Because if Green Lantern has 26 this season and Young Justice has 20 this season, now that they're lined up and their finales will be on the same day, I think we can expect more out of that from now on. Right. Especially with the cancellation notice. Well, as for the second issue that I felt kind of through this episode, um, that would have to go to everyone's favorite home wrecker, Lagoon Boy. My Lord. Here we have a character like Deathstroke get his first big action debut on Young Justice. Can he fights Lagoon Boy? Why not have him fight Nightwing and Superboy? Well, I don't know. I know that's coming, but I don't know. And they could have resolved this really easily by Mega just putting the guy out of his misery by dumping him when he tried to talk to her at Star Labs. Yes. Obviously, something happened with Connor and Megan talked at the apartment. And things are on the outs with the goon boy. So it should have ended. Thank God. Because then I think we could have got a much better focus. I know it was there, but I think we got a much better focus. God Nightwing revealing his double agent plan to Superboy. That we've really kind of been waiting for weeks to be revealed. And really, Lagoon Boy should not have been in on that reveal. Yeah. He is know. not worthy at all. I mean, in the first five episodes of the season, he got captured. Well, nine episodes of the season, he got captured. And before he even got captured, we hated him. Yeah. So if anyone should have been there. Well, he was kind of an idiot in the Deathstroke fight, too. Ugh, yeah. Kind of? Yeah, it was. <laughs> was. But really, it could have gone a lot worse. Not much. Well, it was smart how at least Superboy waited for his blow-up to Nightwing outside of yeah, well, Superboy's room. Superboy in the last five years must have really learned to control his temper. Yeah. And I like that. I like that we see that character development. That's something he needs in the New 52, desperately. Well, it sounds like based on the episode, the last episode with Jonathan Kent, that he spent time at the Kent farm. Yeah, that would help. And I think that helped him work out a lot of that. Well, it did in the comics, too. Remember how yeah. he was? And then he went there and then came back and he was different and then died. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the development is there because, well, it, he did give Nightwing the business like I thought he would. That was good. Yeah. But Nightwing's like, thanks for the backup. Got that look he gives to Oh. Now, at Ugh. the same time, though, Superboy Superboy's okay with the double cross. He's just not okay with Nightwing lying to him. Well, I think the biggest thing right now on his mind is save Megan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's like, I need Nightwing to do this. We can't be, like, ticked off with each other because I need him and I need a team to save her. Right. And that's what I'm going to do. 
Right. And that's what I think Superman would do. Saving the world comes first beyond anything else. And I think that's what the plan was. Yep. And also saving his friend. I mean, his friends are in danger here. Yeah. And that's where I think Batman may even understand Nightwing's plan. And even respect it. And respect it more because of it. Because saving the world does come first, and this is exactly what Nightwing yeah. is trying to do. I, I mean, just... yes, he'll be disappointed a bit, but they need to come back, by the way, in the next seven episodes. Bat- Batman would have handled... I say that every week, but... Batman, I think, would have handled it smarter. Mm. It wouldn't have gotten out of hand. No, it would not have gotten out of hand. If it were Batman. No, not at all. Okay. But... Remember, Nightwing is younger. Yeah. That's and his true. friends are younger. That's true. That's why that would be like, ah, uh, no. Not manipulating personalities. <laughs> and really, this is the first time we have ever seen Nightwing really manipulate people. Right. Because Dick does not do that. Can he manipulate Lagoon Boy to stop saying Neptune's, Neptune's beard? Because really, if he said that one more time in the episode, it's going to freak out the TV. If he, I know, but if he says that when he gets stabbed in the heart, which I still hope will happen by Black Mana with the trident, if he yeah. says that and those are his last lines, I'd be perfectly fine. Neptune boy, I mean, not Neptune, Neptune boy. <laughs> that's what he should be called. No kidding. That's how many times he says it. I'm calling him the wrong name. Oh my god, I, I don't like this character. He should be a part of the Starscream Club. Absolutely. And he's not even a villain. <laughs> not yet. He's that annoying. Uh, there you go. That's what happens. He goes evil. And then Aqualad turns out to be good. He gets his brain repaired and he's still good. What if Lagoon Boy is a double agent? Oh, that would be hilarious. No, I'm serious, though. I'd love it. What if he's legitimately a double agent that has been planted here just to, you know sowed deceit and discord among the group and part of that was to get in with Miss Martian and take away her from Superboy oh that's a mess but wouldn't it work yeah by the way are you feeling less like um Aqualad yeah are you feeling less like Aqualad is going to go bad now yes thank goodness okay I'm so happy about that. I don't think we have enough time for that now that it's been canceled. Okay. I think we need to get him back on the right side. So that's safe. It's just he's going to be, he just needs to get his brain back in order and then we'll be fine. Yeah. And that may take a few episodes, like they said. So, all right. Well, I think we pretty much covered the Superboy Nightwing blow up. Um, I mean, it pretty, I mean, it's did its job. I don't know if it lived up to our expectations necessarily. Which but, is not a right. bad thing. Yeah. Because they didn't full-on fight each other, which we thought might happen. Right. So, and it'll be interesting when Wally gets thrown back into the mix on this. Because we know uh, that's coming as well. It better be coming with only seven episodes left. Yeah, we better see Wally one more time, right? Yeah. For sure. In his Kid Flash uniform. Oh, thing. no! Or as the Flash. Now he's caught forever! Darn you, Cartoon Network. <laughs> Taking my Wally West for me again. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, DC Nation live show, guys. The week of the finale. Or Cartoon the day of Network the finale. is going to pay them and Dan Dido for taking my Wally West away. And, yeah, leaving Bart Allen and Jay Garrigan, the two that people don't like as much as Wally or Barry. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, but probably stupid. people are going to be more upset at Young Justice being canceled because it takes away an opportunity to see Stephanie Brown over Wally West. Yeah, okay. Here, I got to go on a rant real quick. Uh-oh. Just real quick. I understand people getting mad that Stephanie Brown is no longer in the DC Universe, and I understand all that. I really do. But if you take away a character like Wally West or even Cassandra Kane, who in my opinion is more developed and sometimes can be a better character than Stephanie Brown, if you take away people like that who actually really mattered to the DC Universe and not just a certain fan group of people, I'm sorry, but please stop arguing. Please stop complaining that Stephanie Brown is no longer there when we did see her on Young Justice, first of all. And second of all, Wally West is no longer in the comics and an important member of the comics where they leave Kyle Rayner, who is his ver- his version of the Green Lantern, really. And you leave Bart Allen as, and as Kid Flash and Jay Garrigan as the Flash on Earth, too. So all this to say, stop complaining about Stephanie Brown when Wally West is really one who's getting the shaft. Right. Enough said. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Well, I've had that in my heart for a long time. As for my final thoughts about this episode, beyond an amusing commercial for the Reach version of Gatorade, that makes me feel like people in the Young Justice would jump off a bridge just because. <laughs> what makes me feel like people in the Young Justice universe would jump off a bridge just like, because G. Gordon yep. Godfrey asked them to? <laughs> yeah. I was envisioning, um, do you know that the, years ago how they used to have that commercial for uh, Michael Jordan where they sing the song Be Like Mike? Yes. I I was envisioning a version of that commercial, but instead it being like Godfrey. I want to be like Godfrey. Oh my lord! Just stop. The moment he walked on screen again, Madeline was like him again. Really? <laughs> he didn't complain this time. He was just on a commercial. He didn't speak. But why would you drink a soda? Because he drinks it. Really? <laughs> exactly. That's like, and it's made by that's like wearing the, exactly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, that's like when people get the same shoes as Michael Jordan just because they're Michael Jordan shoes. It's just stupid. It just doesn't make sense. Get them because they work for you and you're comfortable and you can walk well in them. But not because Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan but at least Michael Jordan could back himself up with something. Oh yeah, Gordon Godfrey God just can. complains. Right. It was exactly. a funny knock on those like '80s commercials, though, which I think is what they were trying to do with it. So that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. But back to more important matters with the Reach. I kind of thought the Green. I kind of thought uh, the Green Beetle resolved Jamie's issues with the Scarab rather easily, almost kind of making this plotline feel pointless. He just kind of like reached into his back and like, yay, it's fixed. So I don't know what that's about. But hopefully for keeping me interested, 
in the story that there is some sort of side effect through the Green Beetle's procedure that he is aware of, unaware of, bringing back this threat of a future apocalypse. Michael, what did you think of the story with Green Beetle and Jamie? I mean, I'm with you. I thought it was way too easy. And I had a conversation um, today with my friend Michael about this because he just recently watched uh, the Young Justice episode. And we he asked me if the Green Beetle can be trusted. And I said yes, but the more I think about it, how much do we really know about him? And how convenient is it that his Martian telepathy shut down the uh, Scarab? I mean, I don't know for sure. Right. And I really do hope he's a good guy because he's a cool character and I like him a lot. Yeah. But could he, could his Scarab somehow be influencing his actions? And briefly, even if it's for a millisecond, taking control over him so that he can access Jamie's Scarab? I mean, I don't know. And like you said, there is always most likely a side effect. And if J and what happens if Jamie needs full power of the suit again, and he needs a scarab to control it again, and I, now he can't. I just find it odd that it's just Jamie that's in the future, because the evil beetle, and not um, there's no green beetle. Unless green beetles on Mars doing the same thing. So that makes me feel like he's a good guy that was killed. Yeah, I can see that. That that's where I. I maintain the guy, the idea that he's a good guy. I could be totally wrong. You never. Yeah, know I, I think so too, but I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully that goes somewhere. It was just slow this week. Mm-hmm. But again, that wasn't the central point of this episode either. No, the central point was obviously Calder. Right. And his mind. His right. Broken, destroyed mind that takes six hours to lift the pillar. Yes. <laughs> That that kind of sucks. Right. So uh, with that, kind of, with the little rant you gave, Michael, and stuff, kind of making us run a little bit long. Sorry. Of course, we talk about cancellation of, you know, DC Nation. Well, not DC Nation, but Green Lantern and Young Justice. I think it's time for us to move on to Smallville Season 11, issue number 31, Haunted Chapter 6. Lois's investigative skills pay off when she gets a lead from a clue picked up in Lex's office. Oliver and Chloe delve back into the mind of Chloe from Earth 2. Superman and Bart, concerned about what they encountered in hyperspeed, head to a very special location to locate a man who may be able to help them. And this week's issue, Michael, I thought it was another uh, storyline to just kind of get us from point A to point B. That's going to flow better as a part of the print issue instead of a digital installment. I agree. Because there was just a lot of talking and not so much action. So that part will make more sense when it all comes together. Until the end, at least. Yeah, at least until the end. The, the end, end was kind of nuts. Was, it was kind of a good commercial break in the story. <laughs> Which would be right, because it's a, this is what, the sixth part? So every yeah. three parts, there's... We're, we're only halfway through Haunted. How about that? Right. So this would be the mid-episode cliffhanger. Yep. So ish, print issue two just ended. Right. Yep. Because like every three issues is an act. 
almost of a TV yeah. show episode. Yeah. Correct. Because most episodes are divided up into three or four acts. So that's perfect. Yep. All right. So anyway, we start out and Lois is just eating with Superman. And they're talking about how they talked about the apes at the lure. Um, the apes at the Lou. I Sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, and then... And then the speed storms. The speed storms and what's going on with that. And we and found out that there's a lot more. Yeah, there's been people dying. And it was all the places that Bart went. Keystone, Mexico, Miami, Islands of the Pacific Rim, stuff like that. And Lois seems to like think that Bart's causing it. And Clark is more around the lines of something's haunting him through his speed force. Yeah. I mean, it's hunt- hunting him, not haunting. Because obviously Bart doesn't want to do this. He's a superhero. He's on the right side. Right. It's it's whatever is coming after him for revenge that is doing this. Right. And then Lois kind of gives him this idea. It's a very clever one. God, I don't know what Clark would do without her sometimes. <laughs> or Chloe. Yeah. The women are the brains behind the superheroes in Smallville-verse. In the Smallville-verse, in the regular version, <laughs> so much, but yeah. But here she says, you know, um, she needs to consult. They should consult an expert in speed. So that's how that's going to work. And so they're going to go and meet with somebody. But before that all happens, guess who comes in? Jeff. Jeff, the intern. And she almost, he almost caught her eating with Superman. Uh-oh. Well, he kind of does. He kind of does, but... Lois has got dirt on Jeff, so that's covered. Apparently. Problem solved. And then So I mean I was happy that she found out it was Tess so quickly. Yes. I didn't wanna I didn't want to wait around so long for that. I think this plot line, like we said, has been dragged on long enough. But I think Lois is angry about that. She's like, crap, she's not dead. <laughs> I don't want to deal with her anymore. I went to her funeral. I'm done. She had a thing with my husband to reform my husband. Yeah. Uh, but then when we go to Star Labs and see Emil and Oliver with that Earth 2 Chloe in that tube, that's kind of creepy. Yes, it was freaky. Like, that's like a villain's evil science fiction lair. Like, it's just wrong. <laughs> I, I doubt if they filmed this that you would have ever gotten Allison Mack to do that. You're going to look creepy, and we're going to sit you in this tube. Well, I don't know. I mean, she looked creepy and scared when she saw herself in the mental institution. So I think they could make her look creepy. I just don't know about the big tube. They probably couldn't afford the tube. I'd be scared to be in the tube. Yeah, I'd be scared. A claustrophobic. That's all I've got to say. Mm-hmm. And then we see Chloe stripping, which is fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> might get some of our um, listeners excited. It's just drawings, folks. Sorry. Yeah, but then we go to um, the brownstone, which is in well, Metropolis, right? Yeah. Well, but then they talk about kind of the well. Is that later? Yeah, they talk about the dangers of the baby with Chloe. Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to say something about because I'm wondering if this is a scenario where. You know, the baby's going to get powers or something happens. Because normally when they say, what about the baby? Or we're worried something's going to happen to the baby. 
Something normally happens to the baby. It either dies or gets powers. Yes. Okay, Chloe has had some of her own metahuman experiences. And abilities herself, so... This baby is highly susceptible to everything. (laughs) This is trouble. So that's going to happen. What a mess. And then we go to the next scene. Got the brownstone, yes. I know you're excited to get there, Michael. And the big it's question one of my favorite places. we have on our minds is, um, how old is Mrs. Uncle exactly? Because <laughs> like she was old in the film clip they showed back in society. Absolute Justice or Society. Yes. I know it's two different episodes, but I... I can't call it Absolute Justice. I can call it the Absolute Justice event, but I cannot call it the same episode. Okay, I'll use that. The Absolute Justice event. They show her in film footage, and she looks old. And here she's back old. So, like, do they put her in a Lazarus pit, or what do they do? Well, she's older here, it looks like. Yeah, but still. Clearly. I don't know. On a walker. Yeah, I mean, how it... Yeah, I don't know. And when is Carter Hall coming back? Because he needs to come back soon. Him and Hawkgirl. Doesn't both. he have to be, like, born and grow up again? No, that's stupid. Let's retcon it for Smallville. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that. Let's retcon it. Well, I just don't know how other way they can do it. He could come back sense. from the future every single time and die here again every single time. That's true. He just comes back the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. God, I'd I'd hate to be the the woman that gave birth to a <laughs> old man. That would like Benjamin Button. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I like or how Benjamin Batman. Oh my lord! If you've seen that short, Ugh. check it out online. Curious okay. case of Benjamin Batman. Okay. It's a mad I'll, short. I'll look for it. But um, I really like how big they make the painting in this. Yeah, it's cool. It's a lo- and they actually use the same uh, painting too. They don't redraw it, right? For the show, they actually use the same image, which is awesome. Yeah, it's cool. They got that in there and put it in there. We I need to have an explanation with Black Canary. I bet they originally wanted it that big. I don't think it's Black Canary. Well, it is Black Canary. It could be. That's fine. It's her mother. Right. That's what I'm saying. We need an yeah. explanation. Well, that's wasting time right now. No, I mean, if you do that all-girl episode... Yeah, like, oh, yeah, right, like what he talked yeah. about. Just have it in a line of yeah. dialogue. I just don't think it needs to be here. Because no, this is a flash-focused story. Right. So that's why I keep that. And the Jay Garrick helmet, of course, was back. That was great. And the that's table. Awesome. It's all that good stuff. And then they just talk about how they need to find Jay Garrick. And, I, and I'm curious how they're going to do that. Or where is Jay Garrick now? I don't know if he's he, retired with his wife or what He'd be in Keystone, is. right? Because that's the city he would have protected. Right. But, I mean, we don't know what the situation is with him. With it being Smallville, his backstory could be slightly different as well. He's a meteor freak. No, I don't think that's the case. That would would suck. I wouldn't like that. You know, I don't know if he has such a happy life as what he is portrayed to have in the comic books. Who knows? I hope so. Because Carter really got the short end of the stick, and I hope yeah. he—I I really hope he was the only one. Because 
if that happened to all of them, I just feel so bad. Him and Ken Nelson both got the short end of well, it. And, and maybe that's the case. Maybe he just retired and he was done and, you know. Yeah. Because I, I think he would be married and happy because the Flash comics are pretty positive most of the time. And upbeat, <laughs> so that fits the theme. Yeah. Well, Flash is a more upbeat character anyway. Right. As we've seen with Bart on this show. So anyway, Chloe's getting into the dream machine to figure out what's going on with the alternate Chloe. It gets all fringe up in here. Because so she goes inside her mind, and Chloe comes out in Earth 2. And the coloring matches up the way they filmed those episodes. Yeah. Which was cool. Very nice job on the artist's part. Because she sees an alternate version of Lois running at her. And she says something about getting to her ship. And then there's this giant, it looks like a ship. But it's the anti-monitor. But now I'm looking at it again. And my my Green Lantern, the animated series, flashbacks are happening to Aya's death. Because I realize it's the anti-monitor. Because that's his face. It is his face. It looks like a... It's really scary. It at first looked like a spaceship. And I could see people being faked out by that. See, to me, his eyes it automatically almost, looked like the anti-monitor. His eye looks like a, um, like almost like a rocket booster. Yeah. So I can see where people get confused. But yes, it is the anti-monitor. Well, what if, what if it's an actual ship, but it's called the anti-monitor? That would be interesting. That's a realistic way to do it, yeah. I, like, I could see them doing like that. Like, it flies and flows around like a ship. Yeah, that, or that, or it could be like that. a transformer and it's a ship and then it turns into this giant thing. Yeah. Kind of like the Batmobile on in Detective kind of did. Yeah. It was kind of like a transformer itself. But now so, he's going to have to explain an origin story without Green Lanterns, which could be a bit of a trick, but I bet Brian's got something up his sleeve. I'm not concerned. I am not either, but I'm just, I don't know. This, I'm wondering how long the Anti-Monitor story is going to take. I don't know. Because I think I'm, Brian's safe. I don't think Brian's in a situation like the DC Nation shows. No, 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 no. I don't I think, think so either. Safe. But I don't want people to lose focus or lose interest. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't think they will. I think it's going pretty strong right now. It's it's fulfilling what people want to see. And with those, um, you know, those backstories, like Effigy, I think that'll keep people in, people's interest as well. Which, by the way... That'll be on our next episode. Well, I guess we'll talk about it right. then. So, and Brian, the other thing with Brian is, he did tell us he has a plan if he gets canceled, and he has a plan if he keeps going. Right. And he can condense it and build stuff in to make it all work out. So, it'll probably play out. I have, I've, I've got faith in Brian. I do too. Because I Absolutely. say it over and over again, he's a he's a great writer, and what he's done with this so far has been outstanding. So. I think it'll be good. And really, we are only in what's considered to be episode three of the season. Yeah, but it's ten print issues. Yeah. That's the difference. Right. But I think with that, I think that's all we got to say on Smallville today. Um, It's time to move on and wrap things up. Yep. All right. You good with that? Okay. So, Michael, why don't you tell everyone what we'll be doing in our next episode? On our next episode of the DC Nation podcast, week 42... We will be covering the Green Lantern in the Animated Series Episode 20, Cold Fury. After that, we will be covering two new DC Nation shorts, including Thunder and Lightning and Amethyst Level 4. 
After that, we'll be doing the Young Justice Invasion episode 14, run The Runaways, and concluding with Smallville season 11, Effigy chapter 2. Yes, and again, this begins the final countdown of our favorite DC Nation shows that are on there so far. So please, over the next six weeks, spread the word about our live show. Get fired up. We're going to be producing content and everything else to get you guys excited about this. We're hoping to get some great guests and more to build up this epic event. So please be a part of this because our intention is to get these shows possibly back on the air or get them the recognition they deserve. So please help us with that. And please, even though shows are getting canceled, please ride out with them over the next episodes and please stick with our podcast. Absolutely. And don't forget about our DC Nation live show coming up. It'll be the it'll most likely be an hour after they uh after DC Nation ends. Yes. Is when we'll do it, which will give enough time for the West Coasters to join in as well. And if everyone involved feels like that's not gonna be a time that's gonna work for you, please let us know. Because we can move things if a, a large enough audience tells us to do so. Yeah. But until that time, I also suggest for you guys to check out our spinoff podcasts. We've got ATA Retro Reviews, and that covers TV shows that were canceled or went out on their own terms. And yep. we've also got the original ATA podcast, which covers episodes of live action drama shows, including Once Upon a Time, Person of Interest, Arrow, Supernatural, Go On, The Big Bang Theory, White Collar, Justified, and much, much more. So if you like live action shows, especially the ones you're currently running currently, you can check those out. Also, we added a Glee section to our show, hosted by Wu and Andy, um, our other co-hosts on that show. And also, Andy is joining Nico for a new discussion on the new Kit Fox series, starring Kevin Bacon, entitled The Following. I'm a big fan of that. That was really good, that pilot. Yes, they had an outstanding pilot. We got an outstanding discussion coming your way on our next ATA episode all about the pilot. Nico gives us some really great stuff there. That's awesome. And also, for those of you who are into the DC Comics live-action show, Arrow, we have ATA's Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, dedicated to covering episodes of the hit CW TV show, Arrow, in more detail. That, of course, is hosted by our very own Michael J. Petty, along with his partner in crime, Wu Kim. Yep. Great show. Check it out. A lot of fun. Absolutely. And also, if you'd like, you can contact us in a variety of ways by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. There you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. You can also click the like button on our page to access our Facebook, which provides you with updates on our podcast episode releases, as well as updates on entertainment news that my co-host of ATA, Nico, finds during the week. You can also reports on our, our show. And for the same information... You can contact us through Twitter, which is across airwaves. There's no the there. It's just across airwaves. Also, that information is provided 
by joining our circle on Google+. So check out all those social media ways of keeping in touch with Across the Airways. Also, if you'd like, I would like to give us your thoughts on any of the episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, or Young Justice that we cover or want to give a goodbye to the show, you can leave us a voicemail that we are willing to play on air if you want us to. What number can you call to do that, Michael? One seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. And also, if you want to discuss the shows we cover in a more private setting, and don't want to broadcast it to everyone, please um, check out our ATA forums, which are located at www.acrosstheairwaves.com/forums. Also. You can check out our YouTube channel, which features a playlist of all the DC Nation shorts that we discuss here on our podcast, as well as previews and promos for upcoming TV show episodes and movie events, such as The Lone Ranger, Iron Man 3, Man of Steel, Star Trek in the Darkness, and G.I. Joe Retaliation. Also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast to listen to all the ways you can contact us, you can download our podcast box app. And by downloading that app, you can access all of our podcast episodes through your iPad and iPhone. And if you're on Android devices, you can download our Android app by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our page. So once again, for our fellow ATA podcast hosts, Nico Reifstech, Wu Kim, and Andy Babacht, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you guys, and please, please spread the word about our DC Nation live show, because we want to give our favorite shows here the respect they deserve. See ya. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.